Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this special five-part series, I'm joined by Mikhail Reeder-Gordon, Managing Director of Global Affairs at Affiliated Monitors, where she draws on her extensive subject matter expertise to manage the monitorships of corporate clients' assets and advise in matters of ethics and compliance. We consider why independence is so critical to monitorships, the ABA guidelines around monitorships, Mikhail's teaching compliance investigations at the International Anti-Corruption Academy. We look at cultural differences between international and domestic monitorships. And we conclude with an evolution of situations requiring a monitor. I know you will enjoy this podcast series. It's a fascinating exploration of multiple issues with a knowledgeable subject matter expert. In this episode three, we consider Mikhail's teaching compliance and investigations at the International Anti-Corruption Academy. This series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Mikhail Gordon uh, from Affiliated Monitors in our five-part exploration on aspects of monitorships. Today, we're going to take things in a, a very different and, I think, very interesting direction as Mikhail will talk to us about teaching uh, compliance and investigations at the International Anti-Corruption Academy. So, uh, first of all, welcome back. Well, thank you, Tom. Happy to be well, back. Could you tell us what is the International Anti-Corruption Academy? Sure. Um, this is an international organization. It was it was formed by 70 member states um, just, just about eight and a half years ago. Um, and it is dedicated to... Uh, enhancing knowledge and education in the field of anti-corruption, only anti-corruption. Um, we we run uh, graduate level programs and uh, degree programs dedicated to training uh, professionals in combating corruption in all its myriad forms. Where is it taught or held? I, well, it's uh, headquartered in Luxembourg, um, Austria. And for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Austria, it's just outside of Vienna, about 20 minutes. Um, and uh, some of the programs uh, are held uh, in other locations around the globe, but headquarters is Luxembourg, Austria. Who attends the Anti-Corruption Academy? Ah, um, we've got students from over 70 countries, probably more by now. Um, 
And uh, really, we get everyone from uh, American students, European students, and uh, heavy uh, presence of students, a lot of prosecutors and uh, investigators from developing countries who are looking to expand um, their capabilities and uh, technical skills in combating corruption back in their home countries. So what's your role at the academy? Uh, I've been on faculty for about five years, and I teach corporate investigations and compliance. That's, and then I also supervise graduate students when they, uh, certain graduate students when they're writing uh, their thesis, if the topic is in a particular area of my expertise. So you mentioned the uh, number of students and just hinted at the various locations uh, that they would come from across the globe. So how do cultural differences come into consideration when teaching compliance at the academy? Well, that's, uh, that's actually some, uh, one of the more uh, enjoyable elements of it. Uh, it. We touch on a lot of cultural differences, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll raise scenarios or questions in the class. And, you know, we'll, have, we'll have folks from uh, the Middle East, from Africa, from, from China, from Indonesia, India, uh, as well as Western European countries, from Brazil, from the U.S., from Canada, from all over, and the range of opinions um, and and how culture impacts considerations uh, is always a lively debate. We talk about uh, the, the differences it can make in planning an investigation, particularly when it's got cross-border aspects, cross-cultural aspects. Uh, the design of a compliance program, how that can be heavily impacted. Uh, we talk about even tribalism um, or socioeconomic groups and how that may impact people's willingness to uh, whistleblow within uh, an entity's settings. Uh, we talk about what controls, what's acceptable and ethical in one country, uh, but may not be deemed in, or seen in the same light in another uh, the idea of gift giving as standard. I mean, this is uh, not a typical practice, for instance, here in the U.S., uh, but certainly in many countries, uh, particularly in Asia, this is a standard and be rude not to um, give some token. So we discuss those at length. So how does the ever-evolving technological aspects of compliance data analysis, uh, new technologies have an impact on building and operating an entity-wide compliance program? Oh, this is one of my favorite parts uh, of, uh, of the program that I teach uh, because, you know, not, not everybody really is focused on technology necessarily, and uh, we, we start with some exercises where we, we look at the different data privacy laws and cross-border uh, data transfer laws, and it, it never fails. People are just blown away to discover even their own uh, country's laws or lack of them. Uh, we talk about how we handle um, employee, for instance, employee privacy and employee data, personal uh, identifying information. And, and we look at how that impacts the creation when you're structuring a compliance program that has to take in multiple jurisdictions um, 
really uh, competing laws or or laws that uh, really conflict with one another, uh, predicated on the jurisdiction. And we also we have a good time uh, looking at um, historical data, how to find uh, open source information, and whether that can be uh, used in in a compliance program. Uh, can it be part of due diligence? Uh, what's the value of it? Uh, so the best part of, of teaching that is, of course, it evolves literally constantly. So every year, um, really, I have to redesign part of that curriculum to uh, adjust for all the developments that have gone on uh, around the world and in the types of technology. We talk about biometrics now, where even uh, five years ago, we really didn't. How does that type of discussion go with such a wide variety of students in a wide variety of countries where both enforcement, investigation, and compliance programs may widely differ? So from the United States to Brazil to Western Europe, but also in emerging markets and other countries where uh, they may not be as mature in their compliance programs. How does how do you handle those kinds of discussions? Well, they're actually some of the liveliest debates we get because, uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, some, some students may discover in, in being forced to go look at, at sections of the law that they don't typically examine, uh, such as data privacy or what sort of protections are around even consumer data or employment, uh, labor and employment law and dictates how uh, information is used about an employee they are blown away to discover maybe they don't have protections. I had, I had one student who's a prosecutor, and he said one of his goals when he got back home was to look at drafting <laughs> proposed legislation to, to cover this. He was appalled that they had no protections, whereas others uh, will get into a lively debate about how they ought to be able to use this. It's, it's necessary for an investigation. Uh, so this really generates um, a, a heavy, heavy, lively debate, um, and and folks look at the different levels of sophistication, and we we talk about how do you how do you work through that if you don't have an evolved program or you don't have a sophisticated uh, physical technology to aid in this, and and that's you know that's one of the values. Um, the class. These, these are all professionals. They've been working in the field for many years. So they bring a lot of their own knowledge with them, and, uh, and that's one of the values of, of having this group together. They're all studying for a master's degree, but they all bring um, just a wealth of knowledge of their own, and you, you get it in a room together, and, and there's really a lot of value out of it. Nicole, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But I hope our listeners will join us again tomorrow where we expand on one of the topics from this episode, which is cultural differences. Tomorrow, we take it in the direction of international and U.S. domestic monitorships. I greatly look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of our five-part series exploring aspects of monitorships with Mikhail Gordon, Managing Director at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. I hope you'll join us again for another episode where Mikhail and I take a look at another aspect of monitorships, which is something that you should consider 
in your compliance program going forward. This five-part series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.